0: Welcome to a very refreshing hour of business talk. This is Game-Changing Predictive Machine Learning, presented by SAP, the best run SAP. You'll hear from innovators who know how to use game-changing technologies and business strategies to shake up the status quo around how predictive capabilities are utilized and delivered to create real business impact. Now, here's your host and moderator, Bonnie D. Graham. Welcome,
1: welcome, welcome. If you want to run with the Game Changers, you are in the right place because this is where the best run. Let's see what our buzz of the day is. I found a quote from Tom Davenport, American academic and author specializing in, you know what, analytics, business process, innovation, and knowledge management. And let's see what he has to say. Quote, one consultant described RPA tools for structured digital processes as a gateway drug for other cognitive technologies. RPA lays the groundwork for machine learning and more intelligent applications. I know there were a lot of buzzwords in there like structured digital processes and the shocking word, the shocking term was gateway drug, but you get the idea what is happening with RPA, robotic process automation. So we're going to be talking about, but we're adding a word to that today. We're adding the letter I in of it IRPA it's intelligent robotic process automation so businesses everywhere are using IRPA technology why they want to become more efficient. But what is it going to do for them? Well, put your seatbelt on. It's going to let computer programs simulate, oh, tedious, labor-intensive manual processes that are hard on people because they feel like they are already robots doing the same thing over and over again. And it's going to automate them and simulate them in a calculated, repeatable, dependable way. And guess what? The surprise is that they will be able to do it faster than humans, Uh uh-huh, okay, that's where efficiency comes in. The bottom line is IRPA lets businesses do better and more with less, but... IRPA. Is it a fad? Is it a passing fancy? Is it a trend? Is it here to stay? Should the human touch be integrated into the solutions? And if so, how much do we want to put in of real people into all of this? A lot of questions on the table. Our topic today is exponential productivity. So I think you know where we're going with this. Why IRPA is here to stay. Let me tell you who my three experts are on the panel and then we'll get started. First up in a moment, I'm going to be in, and they're all new. I'm going to be introducing you to Jean-Baptiste Burin, Program Manager, Customer Experience at AXA, AXA Partners Holding and he told me that since we're good friends as in we met a week ago on the phone I can call him JB so we'll have JB and then we're joined by Julian Kopp, K-O-P-P he's a director at Deloitte France and Julian we have so many friends at Deloitte all over the world and a shout out to Carla Neal I believe her new name in marriage is Slaven. so Carla is so helpful to us getting wonderful people from Deloitte on the show, welcome to Julian and a returning panelist, Philippe Pooks, a General manager at Contextor. He was on just a couple months ago with me. So welcome to our panel, and let's go around the table to where JB is sitting, and JB has sent us a quote from Stephen Case. Now, this quote, JB, is very often attributed to Thomas Edison, but people started saying he said it in 2006, long after he had passed away. So the thought is that in in all of the, um, the investigation sites that I use for these quotes, the thought is that it's attributed correctly to Stephen McConnell Case, who was born in 1958, an American entrepreneur, investor, and businessman, and he was the former chief executive officer and chairman of AOL. So he's got a lot of cloud too. Here's the quote. Everybody listen up. A vision without the ability to execute it is probably a hallucination. JB, how are you? Hey, Bonnie. Nice to meet you. I'm fun. How are you doing? I'm very well thank you very much. I am getting a kick out of the quote because in my opening I said that IRPA is a gateway drug. That was in the quote I got from Tom Davenport. Uh structured uh, RPA tools are a gateway drug for other cognitive technologies and here you brought us a quote with the word hallucination. So <laughs> 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 what what can and, I say? And, so and, tell and me and please I know something <laughs> <laughs> so, JB, please tell us, how did you pick this quote? We're talking about RPA with the I in front of it, intelligent RPA. How does this quote, regardless of who said it, what does it mean for our topic, please?
2: <laughs> in fact, initially, I chose another one that say, Yesterday is history, tomorrow is a mystery, but today is a gift. That's why it's called the present. Yes. And as it's from Kung Fu Panda, <laughs> which makes me laugh always when I say it, I prefer to say uh, the Stephen's case quote, uh, which uh, has more link with uh, RPA innovation and project management. So, a level of understanding would be uh, you can have a strategy, you can have a ideas. If you're not here to execute, you will have nothing. So, it will be the hallucination. And according to RPA, RPA is definitely one way to execute.
1: Okay. Now, let's ask a very basic question here, JB, and thank you for that. Is IRPA a fad? Is it here to stay? I know the topic we're covering today is why it's here to stay, but do you believe that it's something that is taking a foothold in companies, that it's being embraced, that they want to go from RPA to whatever that means to IRPA, which I assume is the next level? What's your thought on how strong this is? Um. An interesting question.
2: You know RPA is the use of software to to mimic the repetitive action a human user would perform on, on a PC, like screen scrapping. So the foundations are not new. Uh, it's the automation of processes by robots and in other words, process optimization through IT automation. And we are doing it uh, for decades. RPA is just one way of process optimization and IRPA is also one way of process of optimization. So it will going into to continue.
1: Okay, thank you very much. Good to have you on the show, JB. We have a lot more coming from you and I appreciate the quote I'm glad you learned something. I do my homework, at least I try. And let's move around the table just a little bit to Julian Kopp at Deloitte in France Julian has sent us an equally wonderful quote. I I have a feeling we've got a theme here and the quotes, I'll tell you in a second. The quote is from Sir Arthur C. Clarke who has all these marvelous initials after his name, CBE and FRAS, 1917 to 2008. He was a British science fiction writer, science writer, and futurist, an inventor, an undersea explorer, and a TV series host, so on land and on sea. And he's most famous for being the co-writer of the screenplay for the 1968 film, come on, you all know what it is, 2001, A Space Odyssey, considered one of the most influential movies of all time. Okay, here's the quote, listen up. Any sufficiently advanced technology is indistinguishable from magic. Welcome, Julian. So we've got gateway drug, we've got hallucination, and we've got magic. I think we're just fly, We're floating here. Julian, how are you, you today?
3: I'm very good, thank you.
1: Thank you for joining me. Talk to me about this quote. Sir Arthur C. Clarke, how did you find the quote?
3: Well, um, it's funny. It's a friend of mine who actually sent it to me because uh, I showed him my work one day and uh, he told me it looks like my black magic. And uh, I was working in RPA and, um, and uh, I appreciated the, the quote and... Uh, well my job as for a long time was being the person that will make the magic happen because when we got started uh, 10 15 years ago in the RPA nobody knew about that the acronym did not exist and a lot of uh, people that would see it for the first time will call it magic which was kind of fun so uh, it's good to be a magician
1: it is very good to be a magician do you think businesses listening to a show like this julian are saying ah they're talking about stuff that's out of the movies. It's visionary. It's somebody's imagination. It couldn't possibly be here and be useful in my business today. Do you think there's some of that thought still going on?
3: Well, I think there's less and less of that uh, because RPA. The, the market penetration is, is getting tremendous. Uh, in the last survey we ran, there's uh, over 70 percent of the respondents that said they are uh, experimenting, at least if if not going to production with RPA. So um, it's getting um, it's getting to a level where um, it's very you know usable and and bringing value to the business. Uh, even small and medium business can now use it in in some ways, uh, shape or form. So. Um, uh, definitely it's um, it's not out there in the, in the future. It's it's happening every day, and uh, we have some projects we can talk about where we did this in a massive scale.
1: Thank you very much. So it's here, it's now, and if it's a fad, it's already part of our our current technology culture, our landscape, if you will, and we're going to talk about why it's here to stay. Thank you, Julian. Pleasure to meet you. And Philip Pooks is coming back here on the show. I guess you had a good time last time, Philippe. Nice to have you back. And Philippe has sent us a quote This was an interesting one, Philippe. I had to do a lot of investigating, a lot of digging on this one. It has a lot of people who to whom it's attributed, but I found out that apparently it officially comes from H.L. Mencken. That's Henri-Louis Mencken. September 12, 1880 to January 29, 1956, an American journalist, essayist, satirist, cultural critic and scholar of American English. He reported on the Scopes Trial, the famous Scopes Trial satirically, which he called the Monkey Trial, which gave him a lot of attention. Here is the quote, the way I found it, Philippe, so forgive me for this. There is always a well-known solution to every human problem, neat, plausible, and wrong. <laughs> okay, so, so we've, we've had our magic and our hallucination, now we're finding out we're wrong. Philippe, welcome back. How have you been?
4: Yeah, I'm really happy to be back again. Thank, Thank you. Thank you
1: very much. So talk to me about this quote. What does it mean to our topic today, IRPA, and talking about human solutions, human problems, neat, plausible, and wrong? Where does the wrong part fit into this?
4: Uh, it says two things. The first is, uh, as uh, Julia said, we are magicians. And we are creating magic because probably we are able to look at the other side of things. Uh, I probably, I, I could probably use also the title of a book of uh, Paul Arden that says, whatever you think, think the opposite. Uh-huh. Uh, it's just because RPA is looking at some problems, the operational problems, in another way. Uh, We we forget to think about how to manage problems with a new application. We just look at there is application and probably we can write something to help application to work together and, and to ease the work of people. That's why it's magic.
1: Thank you very much. Easing the work of people. You know, there's a lot of controversy about that, Philippe. Uh, people are saying robots are here to take our jobs. I'm sure you've seen that wherever the three of you are in the world. I know it's it's a prevalent thought here in the United States, the fear factor. Uh, what would you say to comfort people, Philippe, if, if somebody said to you, well, you're talking about all this technology and it's great and it's no longer magic and companies, big, small, medium are using it, but What about the people part? What about the job? So what would you say to them, Philippe? And then we'll go around the table and ask everybody else. What do you think? How would you comfort them or encourage them?
4: Uh, First, I will say it's a paradox. Uh, The paradox is the robots are helping humans to act less than robots. For the moment, when you look at people working, uh, and you said before, they are working like robots. They do many ugly and annoying things. And the robots are here to to ease the pain. And then, if you look at history, remember before people were working really hard, and and some machines comes and and uh, help them to work easier with less pain. And it's the same with robots. We will concentrate our intelligence thing. We will concentrate in interesting work and uh, the. The total work will be more comfortable for people. They they don't lose jobs. They just change the kind of job.
1: There you go. That's what I was looking for. Thank you very much. Let's just quickly circle around the table before we move to our next part of our show here. JB, what do you think? What would you say to people who are threatened and fearful about robots?
2: I, I can only be, be agree with what Philip said. Um, it's... Uh Around people, it's a matter of change management. Um, I- integrating API into businesses, uh, from, from my personal experience, is quite easy. Uh, and in most cases, the benefits come almost immediately. Uh, why? Because humans, uh, they want to focus on soft skills and immense mm-hmm. talents that only uh, they can bring, like empathy, like uh, customer uh, services, customer experience, and when they have to do repetitive tasks, um, time consuming tasks, they are not focused on the customer so um, to 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 push to enhance API it's a matter of change management.
1: Okay, I like that. I like that a lot. That puts a little structure to it and some responsibility. Julian Kopp, what are your thoughts about this? How do we calm people down and encourage them that this is for good? Well,
3: I think um, the way I like to see it is, um, man and and machines are always better when they work together. So, um, like if I need to go uh, cut down some trees in a wood, uh, I'll probably go there with a power tool. And uh, to me, that's that's a bit like the way I see uh, RPA. It's a tool uh, for the organizations and the businesses, and uh, they will they will bring efficiency and uh, but. They will be controlled and they will integrate also uh, with the human. So we shouldn't see that as a black box or a black autonomous machine that will put us out of work. We should see that as a tool to bring our, our organization further and, and to make sure that people can focus on the, the most important things. And uh, because we're um, in a U.S. show, uh, I'd like to also give this quote by uh, by Kennedy because Kennedy said, uh, if men have the talent to invent new machines that put men out of work, they have the talent to put these men man back to work. And I think that's really true. That is progress. We will, you know, uh, find new occupations and we will focus on on other matters. And I think um, it's just a tool, one of many, uh, but a very efficient one.
1: Thank you. I'm very appreciative that you brought up that quote. We've had it on the show many times. And yes, very important. Good, good words. The reason I'm mentioning this is that in a recent, um, shall we say, a political town hall on a major U.S. channel, one of the Entering candidates, I'll just keep that very vague, just said this week, we have to be fearful of the robots. They're taking our jobs. We can't let that happen. And this was to a very large national, maybe international audience, and I mentioned this on the radio show I did coffee break with game changers a couple of hours ago here on the, the business channel. And I brought that up and one of my panelists had seen that. And we agreed we need to have more education. We're all saying JB and Julian and Philippe, it's for good. It's not dark and threatening. It's for good. And it will lead to positive relationships of people with their jobs and using their brains more and up, upgrading their skills. So thank you very much for that. That was terrific. JB. You're in the spotlight right now. We want to get to know you just a little bit. So I have three questions for you, if you don't mind. Number one, where are... Well, I'll say where are you calling from, but I know we called all of you. Where are you today? Number two, what's your favorite drink that powers you to be so smart? And number three, what do you do at AXA? JB, you're up.
2: (laughs) So I'm not in the plane. I'm in
1: Paris. Okay.
2: Um, uh, My favorite drink... um not very surprising, but uh, I love French wine, red, of course. Uh, for French wine, it's, uh, it's, uh, it's quite okay. Uh, and I, I will take uh, a Mai Tai uh, because uh, it makes me think more about holidays.
1: Oh, my, wait, hold on, hold on. We haven't heard of Mai Tai in the show. Uh, just so everybody knows, a Mai Tai, M-A-I-T-A-I, they used to serve those, a featured drink at a restaurant chain in the U.S. called Trader Vic, where they had wonderful Polynesian food and fancy appetizers. And a Mai Tai is a cocktail based on rum, curacao liqueur, orguette syrup, and lime juice associated with Polynesian settings. So thank you very much. Now you can continue. <laughs> I'm remembering the Mai Tai days. Thank you, JB. Okay, J- Maybe yeah.
2: <laughs> now it's tell us what you do. Some memories, it's great.
1: <laughs> I appreciate that. Oh, yes.
2: <laughs> and um, what I do in AXA, uh, yes. I'm a former APA project manager, now incubation program manager. Uh, I'm responsible of the lab project we have in AXA Partner.
1: Okay. And how did you come to AXA? How long have you been there? And, and tell us, what, what is AXA Partners holding? What, what does the company do?
2: Um, we are specialized in uh, insurance and assistance. Okay. Uh, AXA was my last client, uh, and now my current employee. Wow! <laughs> so I, I, I know them when I was a consultant, and now uh, I continue to 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 be uh, with uh, a consultant a consulting mindset to be uh, to be in here. I'm passionate to bring. Uh, I did value to create things, to create new services, to test businesses on the markets, focused on uh, customer experience, change management, digital transformation, uh, with all the underlying skills that in big to me so uh so that's great to do it in this sector, and extra personally uh I play piano, I do judo even if I'm switching from judo to golf because uh it's, it's less risky for me uh, except if I take a golf ball on my head, but anyway uh that's part of my of my life.
1: Judo to golf—I've never heard that before. I love it. All I, all I want to ask you is, your accent is lovely. You, you all have this wonder. I'm not going to call it an accent. A, a wonderful way of forming your words. And you're probably are thinking, where does Bonnie come from? And I'll tell you in a minute. But don't, where don't, do you come uh, from? Where do you hail from that that you speak this way, Jean baptiste
2: Don't don't turn off your radio. It's it's just my accent. Don't worry. <laughs>
1: <laughs> where do you come from? Where where did you where 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 did you learn to speak this way? Uh that's cool. It's cool. <laughs> and where 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 did you grow up? What part of France? Uh south of France. Uh, I grew up in Aix-en-Provence.
2: So south Oh okay. Of the France, the opposite of Bordeaux, which is also the south.
1: So I'm a little bit familiar with it. My my daughter uh, went there to study many many years ago Aix-en-Provence and uh ah. Yeah, I won't tell you the story of why I told her to get the next plane home. She met somebody and I said, no, 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 you're not staying there. You're coming, you're coming back to New York. You can't stay there. It was an interesting time of life for all of us. Yes. Julian, Kappa, I'm going to let, let JB off the hook here. Julian, same three questions. Where are you today in the world? Where do you come from? I really would love to know. Your accents are all so charming to me. I studied French for many years, but don't speak much anymore. Julian, what's your favorite drink and what do you do at Deloitte?
3: Yeah, so I, I'm calling from France, uh, from Paris, actually, at the the French headquarters of, of Deloitte. Um, so, a lot of Parisians tonight. Um, my favorite drink, uh, interestingly enough, I'm French, uh, so I, I will say red wine, uh, of course. Uh, even though uh, I also love beer, because uh, I was uh, born on the border of Germany, um, so... Well, I'm in between, um, but this is uh, this is where I'm coming from. And, um, well, my accent is probably uh, coming also from my wife because I'm married to an American who lives, ah. with, who lives in Paris with me now.
1: Very nice. So what teacher. do you do? You know. what y- oh, go ahead.
3: Yeah, so what do I do? Uh, I've been in the field of software for uh, for 15 years. Uh, I started my career at Apple, and uh, I was basically doing what the IT department will not do, which is uh, serve the business in a quick uh, and agile way. So they hired mm. me to do what is called shadow IT. Yes. Uh, they built tools uh, that they were launching for uh, months or years, and uh, we were pretty successful at that, so it was quite exciting. I had uh, the opportunity to create great tools for them. Um, then, um, I worked on a a web startup and then I joined, uh, almost 10 years ago. Now I joined an RPA company. Um, it was, um, you know, a meeting, it was just a meeting where we had breakfast and, uh, the, the CEO of the company explained me the concept and, uh, I totally uh, understood it was going to be amazing and, 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 quite fun. Um, I had been doing automation before, and, and so the idea that now we had a tool dedicated to that, and not just uh, a bunch of scripts and different technologies that will talk to each other, but one tool that will command a computer and all the applications in it were uh, very exciting to me. And so, years um, in RPA, I've, I've coded a lot of bots, uh, actually. So, i I have a big technical background, and now I'm in charge mm-hmm. of uh, uh, the digital factory of Deloitte where we mix our LPA, uh, artificial intelligence, database, cloud, DevOps, and, and other things. And as I was saying before, the, the, the main idea is to talk about a tool or a technology, but to uh, provide a solution to uh, the business, whether it's for our external customers or internal um, colleagues. Uh, because, yes, we are changing the way uh, people are working, but uh, most of the time it's for the better and with tremendous results. And um, I don't really care if it's called RPA, BPM, CRM, ERP, or any of that. I think it's the combination of, uh, of these tools that will bring value.
1: Thank you. Very interesting. I appreciate that last disclaimer there. Very appreciative. And let's go around the table. One more chair to Philippe and Philippe, uh, some of our listeners may not have heard you on the show a couple months ago, so please, let's start from scratch. First of all, where are you today, number two? What's your favorite drink? If it's the same as last time, that's fine. And what have you been up to since we last spoke?
0: Yeah, so uh,
4: it's uh, today the French touch because I'm also in Paris. I'm born mm-hmm. in Paris, I'm a father born in Paris, and raised in Paris, and working in Paris. So, But sometimes I travel. I, okay. I, I have to admit <laughs> it. It
1: <laughs> was very, very uh, well put. <laughs> Go ahead. <laughs> yeah.
4: And uh, as a French also, I like wine. And the last time I was speaking about uh, strange wine from Armenia, but that time uh, and mm-hmm. today, uh, I'm drinking Saint-Véron a very, very good white wine. It's thank you to very much. I was waiting I was waiting medicine.
1: for one of the three of you to talk about white. Both of the other gentlemen said red wine and I was I was thinking somebody's going to yeah. come up with a white wine. So thank you for that. Okay. So what have you been up to at Contextor?
4: So uh, actually, uh, the, the general manager of Contextor, even if it's uh, evolving because uh, we've been acquired by uh, SAP, so we are changing our uh, before, we were struggling with customers, and now we are uh, finding the way to uh, enable many people, many partners, many salespeople to be able to understand RPA and to propo- propose it to many people. So uh, it's uh, it's very challenging uh, because uh, we need to be really convincing, and uh, but with many, many more people than before uh it's, it's a huge challenge, and I like it.
1: I think challenge is what we're – I think I would venture to say that that's the bottom line of what we're all talking about on this show right now is – people have the right to be more challenged by their jobs. Am I right about that, Philippe? Isn't that what we're trying to do with all the robotics and the intelligent technologies is make businesses more efficient, more productive, and part of that is using people's human minds and their empathy, somebody mentioned, to better use and letting robots do the repetitive uh, pencil-pushing jobs, if you will, and that's a a very broad category. Do you agree with that, Philippe? Uh,
4: Completely. Completely agree.
1: Thank you very much. You know what? I'm just going to quickly tell you where I, where I am, what I'm doing and what I'm drinking. And we're going to take a break and come back with our roundtable segment. And JB will be starting that. So I am Bonnie. I'm in Durham, North Carolina, transplanted here a year and a half ago from Long Island, New York. I'm still getting used to the winters here. I thought being in the South, it would be warmer than New York. Not exactly so. Uh, Recently, we've had 23 Fahrenheit, 23 degrees Fahrenheit, 29 degrees in the morning. And some days it only goes up to 41 degrees and other days it goes up to 61 or 76 or 80. So we have a 30 or 40 degree temperature spread almost every day. And today the rain has finally stopped. It's a little gray. I'm looking to see if there's a glimmer of blue sky. Not yet. But gentlemen, I am not allowed to have caffeine on radio show days and this is my second show today and I'm not that big a coffee drinker but once in a while, yes. So I'm only allowed to have water and I will tell you that just before I went on the air a couple of hours ago, I had to run into the kitchen attached to my home office <laughs> and take a batch of uh, cornbread honey muffins out. So I just had a muffin before on air, and if you were all here, I would treat you to some good coffee and a cornbread muffin, but what can I tell with golden raisins. So you know what? We're going to take a quick break, and when we come back, I'm, I'm not going to have any more muffins. I had my fill for today. When we come back, we're going to continue speaking with my three experts on this very exciting topic. We have J.B. John Baptiste Buren at AXA Partners Holding. We have Julian Cop at Deloitte France, and we have Philip. Philippe Pooks at Contextor. We're talking today about exponential productivity. We're going to get to the exponential part. Why IRPA is here to stay. And if you didn't listen to the first part of the show, I, the word, the letter in front of RPA, robotic process automation, I stands for intelligent. And that's been one of our themes here at Game Changers. Shout out to John Skidka and Savannah Vol at SAP who helped put this together. Another great job, great panel. We're going to take a quick break. So don't even think of touching that mouse, that app that dial, whatever you're on. Erin out.
0: From understanding user and business needs to exploring enabling technologies and operationalization to developing cultures that embrace democratization and pervasive use of predictive capabilities by all, SAP helps you explore how predictive machine learning is transforming business. Game-changing predictive machine learning brings you insights from those who are helping to make this happen. We'll delve into global business challenges across all lines of business to explore what needs to change to effectively exploit predictive machine learning across the enterprise and how you can go from lagging to transformational. Tune in to the business channel to hear today's predictive machine learning business and technology strategy thought leaders share expert insights on how predictive machine learning is shaping the future of change for all of us. To game changing predictive machine learning presented by SAP. Email your comments and questions to bonnie.d.gram at sap.com and you're invited to tweet during and after the live show at Twitter hashtag SAPRADIO. Now let's get back to game changing predictive machine learning presented by SAP.
1: That's right. And what we're learning about today is IRPA, Intelligent Robotic Process Automation. It is here to stay, and you're looking at exponential productivity, which is certainly exciting if you're a business owner, manager, or anybody who wants to stay in business. My special guests are JB. That's Jean-Baptiste Buren at AXA Partners Holding, Julian Kopp at Deloitte France, France, and Philippe Hooks at Contextor. So we're going to start the roundtable in earnest with a statement here from JB. Let me read a little bit, and then he'll expand it, and then we'll invite Julian and Philippe to chime in. So JB says, RPA is not innovation, even if it enables a global worldwide awareness. Those are fighting words, JB, so why don't you explain them to us, please? (laughs) Go ahead. (laughs) Uh, Yeah, I'm sorry to to say that RPA is not
2: innovation because, as said previously, the foundation are, are not new, and it's quite complicated to say that um, screen scrapping is innovative. But I have to admit, uh, that what is new and can be said innovative is the RPL terminology itself. The three letters, uh, R for robotic, P for process and A for automation. Uh, because the rest is something that is done or that should be done since a, a long time.
0: You know, mm-hmm. I was
2: doing, um, uh, business process optimization at the beginning of my career. So, um, not, not so not so long, but uh, it was in 2009, and I was doing I was doing uh, without we, we knowing it was called RPA. I was doing RPA because I, I was automatizing my process using uh, using robots. Uh, I, I knew, uh, and I'm quite sure other experts will confirm that the term RPA only appeared in 2006 with the Gartner, a world-leading research and advisory company. So, um, yes, uh, it enables a global worldwide awareness because uh, like machines in industrial factories in the previous decades, robots have the potential to, to dramatically change business workflow
1: in the coming years. Thank you very much. Let's go around the table and see what Julian Kopp has to say. Julian, agree or disagree?
3: Um, actually, I would like to say something um, because it's a pet peeve of mine. Um, yes. If we say RPA is equivalent to screen scraping, I, I disagree a lot about that. Uh, I believe uh, the technology uh, 10 years ago was very close to screen scraping, but uh, a lot of my, well, the people I talk to, they say, uh, oh, my robots are having some issues because uh, of this or that. And most of the time it's because they rely too much on the screen. Uh, let's not forget that an intelligent uh, robot can actually call APIs and web services and, and contact the database and integrate and on a deeper level than just the screen. It has that capability, and that capability is essential in terms of how the differentiator with other options, because you can automate an application that does not belong to you. But um, Screen scraping, I think we've evolved a little bit from that. Even though that was also, you know, part of the history and the foundation. Other than that, um, I would say I would agree with the fact that it's no longer innovative in the sense that um, it's deployed more and more massively, and this has been around for a while. I think uh, ten years ago, or five to ten years ago, when we were deploying it uh, in such certain companies with uh, fifteen thousand seats. Well, he was innovative and he was a bit bold from this company to do that, to have a virtual assistant, so not necessarily an autonomous robot, but an assistant that lives on the workstation with the, the human uh, user I think back then that was innovative. Now it's no longer innovative, but we keep pushing the boundaries. And, you know, I made the mention of uh, liking to be a magician. I think mm-hmm. it's just about pushing the border and, and bringing more and more intelligence into the system so that they, they get less and less pre-programmed, but more and more able to react and to define new rules or to adapt dynamically. And I think that's, uh, that's where the innovative part is in the field right now. It's no longer on the, the, the classic robots.
1: Thank you. I'm going to interrupt or interject here for a moment. I have never heard the term screen scraping. I was a programmer way back in the day, way, way back in the day, programmer analyst, uh, key punching, COBOL, Xerox Sigma 6 CP5, PL1 on an IBM 4341. Eventually, we got rid of the cards that we were keeping. Yes, we punched our own cards. And we, we had a, an online entry screen, which really helped a lot. Not, not dropping the boxes. But I've never heard the term. So I looked it up while you were speaking, Julian and JB. And I found the simplest definition I found for those of, of our listeners out there who don't know what it is. The action of using a computer program to copy data from a website. Is that the definition you want us to have, Julian, since you mentioned it last?
3: Yeah, it's, um, you know, that's, uh, I, I believe you're referring to web scrapping, which is a little bit yes. different, but screen scrapping is this idea that you will gather data from the screen and you will make sense of the data from the screen, which mm-hmm. is true, is uh, part of the story of RPA, but uh, the best success we've had and, and the best project we've had, we didn't say we were going to use only the screen. We looked at all the possible options and uh, a way to get uh, a lot of performance and a lot better maintenance. For your robots is to say let's use API and web services as well because why not? Mm-hmm. Uh, at the end of the day we're we're building a solution, and um, you know so that's why I I'm, I'm sorry because I'm, I'm pretty picky about that. But we that's fine. Screen scraping has, has been around for a while, but it's usually um, you know a little bit more difficult to maintain.
1: Thank you very much. I'm learning as, as we're going along here. Philippe, why don't you join us? Thoughts on any of the above that we've talked about, the, whether the foundation of RPA, since it's been around a while, means it's not really an innovation, but it is changing the world, to the concept of screen-slash-web scraping. Philippe, what would you like to add?
4: I'd like to add that, yes, it's not innovation in the sense of a really new, completely interesting kind of software. Innovation is more in the usage we do with RPA because we, we use, in fact, quite uh, things like screen scrapping because we, we need to work with the screen. And uh, we do that for the to help people. So the, the real innovation is to look differently to the way people are working and look differently to the way we can interact with application and the uh, user interface. So that's why I agree with the, the term screen scrapping. Technically, we do quite that, but uh, even if it, it looks a little bit ugly, just grabbing some, some pieces of uh, data on the screen, the real truth is it's the job people are doing. So if a robot do that for themselves, it's really interesting, and this there is the innovation. To be ah, able to look uh-huh. at people working and 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 do that for them.
1: Thank you. Thanks for the clarification, JB. We've gone into a uh, we've veered off into a field somewhere from the topic you started. Anything you want to add <laughs> about the conversation? Go ahead, JB. I want yeah. you to get a chance. <laughs>
2: I will, I will effectively, I can be agree with Julien. Uh, screen scrapping can be a little bit reductive. Um, of course, with RPA, you, you can automate everything you have on your desktop. It can be, and I will, uh, don't hesitate to complete the list. Uh, uh, it can be most clicks, copy and pass, data capture manipulation, calculation, data input, navigation across screens and application, database integration. Uh, I forgot something, I guess. So you, you, you mentioned API, of course, web services. So, yes, I, I, I understand that um, when we mention screen scraping, it can be a little bit reductive.
1: Thank you very much. I'm going to move around the table to Julian, and here's something I think is right on the on the noggin, on the dot, of what we're talking about here in terms of exponential productivity. You say automating and improving Existing processes is always considered, but creating a new process or service with a virtual workforce can also bring amazing results. And then you put a question in in the quote marks, what if you had an extra 400 hands? So let's talk about this moving it ahead, Julian, if you will, from robots helping people enjoy their jobs more, upskill their brain training as to what they can do with their human capabilities, offsetting the or offloading the tedious Mind-boggling, mind mind-numbing—I should say—mind-numbing jobs to to machines. And now let's talk about what if you had an extra 400 hands? Can you give us some background on this, please, Julian?
3: Yeah, so, um, of course, uh, when we we discuss with uh, a lot of our customers, they focus on their current operations, Uh, but uh, I have this new approach now where we discuss that, of course, but we also go towards, uh, you know, um, this type of uh, proactive ideas, and um, what we see, and we've done it with a few uh, banks, uh, is that it's very interesting because then it gives them a competitive edge. Uh, one of the bank we, we worked with, they had a process in mind for 12 years, 12 years. And uh, to achieve this process or to be able to, um, to to make it happen at the bank, they would have needed 150 people. Mm-hmm. And the business case uh, for these 150 people was never uh, granted or, or good enough. Uh, so mm. for 12 years, the process was there. It was an idea, but they could never fulfill it. And uh, we were able to bring it to fruition and to to reality within six weeks with only eight mm. robots. So what was really interesting is that um, – this process that we, we, we have, I know will have a deep impact on the relationship between the bank and the customers because basically it will make sure that when you sit in front of a relationship manager, that person has an idea about how are your accounts and, and, and things like this because sadly, um, whenever you have to meet somebody, you have to prepare the interview and uh, the data was split in 15 applications. Now these robots are preparing the the appointment, uh, for the relationship manager and are just, are just building a little compilation, a 360 degrees view of the customer in two Mm -hmm. pages. And, um, it's come, it's coming from a personal experience. I went to my branch and, uh, the guy had no idea, uh, about my situation or my accounts and, and he wasn't very helpful. And, and I told him, you know, for once I come physically into the bank and I, and I talk to you and I take time out of my calendar and, uh, and you, you have no idea about my situation. Yeah. It's unacceptable this day So I think this, this idea that you can do things that you haven't done before is extremely exciting because then you have no, um, you know, no limitations. You can really push uh, push the boundaries of what's possible.
1: Thank you very much. Very interesting way of looking at it. I wanted to go into pushing those boundaries, and I'm glad you did. Philippe, uh, join us. What do you think? Agree, disagree? I
4: uh, I think, and um, uh, I apologize because I will uh, speak of uh, old uh, TV, but uh, you, you probably know Bewitched. It yes. Was, uh, in in the seventies, and uh, we all yes. dream to be able to clean a full room like Samantha, just <laughs> uh, <laughs> the news, and, and the whole room is clean now.
1: It's, That's it's, right.
4: That's what right. What we are speaking about?
1: I, like I you never. Remember, you know now. Yeah, that's right. But Philippe, I never thought about it that what, what, what Samantha was doing, anybody doesn't remember, was bewitched. She flew in on a broom, but she was yeah. married to a mere mortal. Uh, I can't remember his name. What was the husband's name? Anybody remembers? Uh, uh, I have, I have to look it up. I'm, I'm not looking at my screen right now. Uh, anyway, she was married to a, uh, a mere mortal, but her mother was a, what's that? It, it was,
4: the, the, Mary was Dick and the, the mother was in Doha.
1: Right, and Dora was the mother, uh, played by a wonderful actress. And and the the husband didn't know that he was married to a witch, and her mother was a witch. Even though very strange things happened when they were both in the room, much less when the wife was in the room. And she would just wiggle her nose, and a little noise came on the TV, like doo 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 right? Doo doo doo. And her nose went. I don't know how Elizabeth Montgomery did that, but it was charming. Doo doo doo. And all of a sudden, the room would be clean. So that was the precursor of robots. Is that what you're telling me, Philippe? I never thought about it. right. Okay.
4: Yeah, it was probably some context or inside at that moment. I don't, I don't,
1: I'm not sure. But... <laughs> oh, I love it. Well, no, sorry. Now we're getting back into vintage TV. I can see it on the old screen from back in the day before we had everything on mobile devices. JB, you have to join us. This is too good for you to sit out. What do you think?
2: <laughs> I'm agree with Philippe and Samantha. <laughs>
1: Philippe and Samantha. Okay. It was, by the way, it was, um, 254 episodes. It originally was released on September 17th, 1964. Samantha, Darren, right. Samantha falls in love with New York advertising executive Darren Stevens and marries him in the first episode. Darren finds out his wife is, oh, his new bride is one of a secret society of powerful witches and warlocks and that a twitch of her nose brings magic results. He's thoroughly befuddled, but he, he makes her promise never to use her power. She agrees and tries to settle on being the perfect suburban housewife. Her mother Dora has a different agenda. She hates that Samantha married a mortal and continues trying to break them up. Very interesting. Oh, it was a lot of fun. It uh, They had eight seasons on TV. Yes, it was 1964 to 1972. Dick York played uh, Darren Stevens and Agnes Moorhead, the wonderful actress, played Endora. Thank you for those memories, Philippe. I really appreciate that. Oh my goodness. So let's Go around the table one more time, uh, Julian, anything you want to comment on what your colleagues just shared? We just have another well, couple of minutes so we go to predictions. go ahead
3: yeah, thank you very much but uh actually that uh that analogy with uh you know cleaning the the house is interesting because uh, we have a lot of appliances. And appliances, if you look at it, these are robots. You have a washing machine, a dishwasher, and things like this, and and these are tiny robots. They will do a task for you, and they will help you in your daily basis. Uh, it's not because you have these robots that are helping you that somebody got fired from the household, so that's, that's very important, but it, it's actually giving you some free time, and I think... Um, that's the general idea, but what we're discussing here—these uh, are tools that will help you. And um, no matter or how, how dumb they are, I have uh, you know a lot of banking clients, and uh, I tell them, you know, in banking, you introduce ATMs in the fifties. You had a robot that was distributing money in the streets, but that's not that's uh, right. why you you closed all the branches and and you fired people. It was just convenience and, <coughs> and a lot more efficient. And I think convenience is another uh, word that I uh, I love because if you look at all the startups and and, and uh, the new companies that are disrupting the industries and stuff, a lot of time what they're what they're selling is convenience and and um, and and the fact that they're efficient and quick and fast and and technically all we're talking about. With IRPA or robots, is about this: is uh, you know, it's it's fast, it's efficient, it's uh, um, less errors, and, and to me, it's uh, it's very interesting this uh, analogy.
1: Thank you very much. was very interesting. I'm trying to find a way to tweet that in less than 280 characters. Let's move around the table. Mm-hmm. Philippe, we are just about at our predictions round. You know how the show goes, but you have something here that I, I want to read from your notes and ask you to just explain it. And, JB, you can get ready with your predictions. I'll get to you in about 90 seconds. But Philippe told me, he says, sci-fi is always showing robots like danger. People are afraid to see robots in the street. And then you say RPA is much more positive. So anything come to mind in terms of fear-mongering robots, Philippe, you want to share with us?
4: Yeah, because it, <clears throat> if you think about robots that help humans to be stronger, you first think about RoboCop. And if you remember that movie, it's uh, it's frightening because you don't like uh, to, to meet a, a cop with such power. So... And 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 every time on, in movies in CFI, you, you they, they are speaking of robots like uh, something dangerous. Even if uh, the, I don't remember the name of the CFI writer that say the the second law is uh, not to kill, but many times they they have that law, but they they want to kill humans. And the truth is, I'm absolutely sure of that. Is it's, it's more for the benefit of people than, uh, than the danger. Because as far as I know, every time in history when we were confronted to new technologies, uh, they were fair, but the, the truth is it's, uh, we are all living uh, better now than before. So We are. That's my point.
1: We are. Thank you very much. I appreciate that. Don't be fearful. Be optimistic. Let's go around to JB Buren at AXA Partners Holding. JB, I have 60 seconds for you. What would you like to predict will change about intelligent robotic process automation? Let's say between now and 2025, and it could be five minutes after we're off the air if something amazing is about to happen. Go ahead, JB, predictions, please. (laughs) That's a complicated question.
2: (laughs) Anyway, (laughs) my conclusion will be on ethics. Um I think that we, we cannot engage with technology without asking yourself what, what impact it will have on society and the planet. Uh, and when, when we talk about responsible or intelligent robots, we we are asking some basic questions. What are your values? What can we apply uh to, to new products and decisions regarding robots? So the conclusion and my prediction will be to use robots, but the responsible use of robots must be um, a major component of our social responsibility strategy. And if I can add something, um, and uh, my, my, my wife will be happy that I say that, um, it would be great, I think, that in 2025 we'll have uh, robots that will help humans to fight against pollution, for example.
1: Mmm, that's a good one. Purpose, sustainability, uh, circular economy, uh, designing the planet to last longer, uh, repurposing materials, not bleeding the, the resources and, and thinking of future. I, I would agree with her on that. Thank you very much, JB. I love the optimism. Julian Kopp, you're up 60 seconds. What would you like to predict?
3: Well, I'm pretty sure more and more we RPA won't be about just robots, but more about being an integration platform because uh, the core capabilities of RPA is to integrate as many apps and technologies as possible. And we see this more and more. The the software vendors are moving to a model where they say we can integrate artificial intelligence very quickly and very efficiently on the platform, on a vertical, and not on something that is ground and crazy, something that is humble, but concrete and working. So I, I predict. that that it will move towards uh, an integration platform. And if I'm a little bit, you know, dreaming, and and I know a lot of people are are talking about this, I'm very attracted by uh, generative design, that idea that the machine is actually able to generate some some design of things on its own that is revolutionary and quite different. And, um, you know, robots might code other robots at some stage. We already have robots that are changing passwords for other robots and taking care of some of that. And um, I don't see why at some stage we won't have this type of stuff together with uh, automated discovery or suggestion of an automation. So I do believe the the future is quite exciting.
1: Thank you. It certainly is according to the three of you and I'm inclined to agree. Philippe Pooks, I'll let you wrap this up. 60 seconds. What have you got?
4: Uh, I will uh, use the the help of Arthur Schopenhauer, the philosopher, because Mm -hmm. uh, I like uh, the, the sentence when they say that Every new innovation has three phases. The first is it is ridiculous. The second phase is it is dangerous. And the third phase is it's evident. And Mm. I'm absolutely sure that concerning robots, we are in the same. First, some people look at it and say it's completely ridiculous. Then they speak it's dangerous for jobs and many things. And, And in some months... Years, it will become completely evident, and people will say, How can we live before without that? How can? So I'm sure we are between dangerous and evident now.
1: Thank you very much, and thank you for the quote. You were full of interesting quotes today. I want to thank the three of you. We have got 60 seconds for me to wrap this up and get us off the air, so I want to say thank you to John Skidka again and Savannah Vol for putting together this wonderful panel. Gentlemen, it's been such a pleasure speaking with you, learning from you. You're all very savvy, invested in this uh, this topic, and that's why when we do the prep call, I ask you, why do you want to talk about this topic? What's your passion? And you certainly have convinced me that this is part of who you are and what you do and I'm, I'm very uh, appreciative and I, I admire the work you are all doing let's thank our engineer extraordinaire Aaron Keller at the business channel thank you Aaron and now let me go to my call to action and here it is Fasten your seatbelt. What in the world are you waiting for? Go out and be a game changer today, just like J.B. Buren, that's John Baptiste, at AXA Partners Holding, just like Julian Kopp at Deloitte France. And again, a shout out to Carla Neil Slavin. We appreciate everything you do for us. And Philippe Pooks at Contexture. Bonnie D. Graham signing off. I'll be back next week with more live episodes of Game Changers Radio. Have a great one. Bye-bye.
0: Thanks again for tuning in to Game-Changing Predictive Machine Learning, presented by SAP. The best run SAP. To keep the conversation going, tweet your questions and comments to Twitter hashtag SAPRADIO. Please join host Bonnie D. Graham again Wednesdays at 11 a.m. Pacific, 2 p.m. Eastern Time on the Business Channel. We wish you a positively game-changing week.